The internet is an ocean that we invent as we explore it. In the murky darkness of virtual places, there could be dragons, shagoths, leviathans. Certainly I have heard voices on the web who say we will discover or build a god when we reach the cyber ocean floor. People claim to remember past lives, I claim to remember a different, a very different present life. The psychotic drones, where the mystic swims, they're drowning. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Astral Flight Simulation Podcast, where we navigate the digital world through art and culture. Today, I am joined by a luminary in the burgeoning literary, the burgeoning online literary scene, uh, Mr. Delicious Tacos. I don't know if I should call you Mr. Tacos or Mr. Delicious. Burgeoning. Our scene is fucking burgeoning, baby. I'm going to burgeon. Um. And we're also joined by uh, Isaac Simpson of the Carousel Podcast, Disgrace Propagandist on Twitter. Mr. Simpson, say hello. Yes, I'm also here. All right. Yeah, we're, we're in my house. Isaac and I are friends in real life. So we're sitting in my living room looking out at some what looks like thunderclouds over the ridge over there. It's rather ominous looking. Where the, the infinity pool is bubbling. Yeah, the girls are getting uh, girls are getting their yeah. fentanyl in the bloodstream. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Tacos, I don't know. There's this um, uh, like kind of like famous homeless encampment in some park in L.A. And yeah. they, they, like recently got like bulldozed or whatever. And uh -huh. I always picture you like living in the apartments, like overlooking this homeless encampment. I have no idea if that's true or not. That was like, that was quite close. So Echo Park Lake Echo became, Park, yeah. became Skid Row, too. I used to live in Echo Park and the Echo Park Duck Pond is featured a lot in my book, The Pussy. Um, also in my book, finally, some good news, um, which I always make sure to get those titles out there in the first two minutes of a podcast <laughs> that they're on sale now at, at Amazon. So, uh, yeah, there's a beautiful duck pond, wonderfully planted with lilies, and it has lots of waterfowl, great blue heron breeding colony. It's got a uh, Canada goose, American coot, uh, green heron. It's got a uh, great tailed grackle. Are, are they all dead now from the homeless? People? No, the, yeah, oh, the okay, homeless good. people. You would never. So this homeless encampment took over. Oddly enough, you'd never see a, a homeless guy with like a barrel fire spit roasting a great blue heron <laughs> over it on an oil dipstick. But uh, it really got nasty. Like it would get it got really scary. There was a tent city and, you know, not, not really scary, but, you know, dudes would fucking mean mug you at first when it started getting fucked up and uh it became a huge colony and then it turned into something kind of nice it, there was like a hippie vibe to it they had a communal kitchen and showers and stuff and you know women were living there and it became a lot less threatening and then they came and bulldozed it yeah they they kicked all the people out they put a fence around the park and then there were these huge protests about it well they found a dead white girl there young yeah yep. that's right yeah 20, 20 year old yeah, that was actually me, but they blamed it on a fucking homeless guy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There was an article written about like how sexy the dude, like they're like, it's a different breed of homeless guy. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> right. So there, yeah, there's they some, have abs and wear like, cool like a, yeah, a good looking like Instagram black dude that was like one, you know, this fast talking guy. Yeah. Probably I think he did capoeira or something. And uh 
kind of a Manson-esque look in his eyes. And they did, yeah, they did flattering articles about him and stuff. And then yeah, a bunch of people OD'd there, you know, shit that shit that occurs in homeless encampments occurred there and they kicked everybody out. Yeah, well, that's good. I don't know. When I read about it, I'm like, oh, so that's that's where Tacos lives. That's um, yeah, that's that's where a lot of my my books took place, actually. Well, so how did you guys meet? Isaac kind of told the story a little bit, and I think it's through your writing, right? Uh, actually, it was uh, in Echo Park Lake at night. I was cruising <laughs> for some random gay sex. And uh, usually I prefer a Mexican, but Isaac was there. And we got to talk. Now, Isaac, how did we? So Isaac, Isaac and I, uh, was it you or our friend Eric that first emailed me? Somebody emailed me because of my blog. I emailed you. Yeah. I, Eric showed me. Yeah. And then I emailed you a very long, ridiculous email that I'm surprised that you responded to. But I think maybe at that phase, you were still small enough that like, that was, you You were not as big as you are now then. You definitely grown. A, yeah, five or six years ago. Yeah. yeah and yeah. you just said something like, I like your blog, I want to meet up. And I said, yes. Yeah. I said, why not? <laughs> yeah. A rent, nor, now I don't, I definitely don't respond to the messages from dudes. Yeah. Unless they're like, I'm going to kill myself today. Then I'll say something nice. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know i don't know if i'm in the mood (laughs) but uh yeah i i uh so i met and became friends with isaac we've been friends ever since good friends yeah yeah isaac's a good dude we uh we're going to be podcasting together a lot more going into the future um you know what's interesting i came around this scene like 2020 you know i'd been online for a while but I, i didn't really like i wasn't like i was like one of the lurkers you know and uh you were the only guy that i'd ever heard of before i'd seen your books and stuff and i think it's because like pickup artistry sort of <laughs> and i'm not saying that you were, are, were one but it's okay. that scene and there's a couple other scenes that um spilled over into normie world and there's a guy that i've heard you talk about before and you used to see his books on the shelf i think he was like kind of like started the pickup artistry scene and he had like a, a book that was in bookstores i can't think of his name You're about uh, the game by neil strauss yeah, that is exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, so I would like, actually. yeah. When it's did great. that come out? Uh, 2004. Yeah, I, I remember it from like a long, long time. Very ago. entertaining. I don't know how real it is. That was the question. Well, I just remember like I didn't even realize Tacos was like self-published. I just thought you were one of those guys. Like I had no idea until I listened to Caribbean Rhythms that you were actually like a self-published kind of self-made author who wasn't quite as mainstream as the rest of the people. I don't really know why Amazon was pushing your books to me, but I, they must be like grouped with those books. <laughs> if you peruse them, they send you delicious tacos as books. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I think if there's one thing that I've done that like has actually helped other people, it's, you know, besides whatever, if my work makes people feel less alone, that's nice too. But um, I, wrote and self-published a book called the pussy that was one of the early efforts in this wave of um outsider self-publishing and i think mine was the first one that was an attempt to be a literary book rather than a self-help book and uh maybe the first one that was good and then other people like you know bronze age pervert uh said that he felt more confident self-publishing his books because my book was good. Awesome. And then his book was a fucking smash. And then that, you know, kicked down the door to Mike Ma and 
who else? There's tons of other people. I don't want to fucking, I'm not, if I'm not mentioning your book, it doesn't mean that I don't like it. I'm just, uh, I forget all the books. Yeah. I, I would say though, that you three were probably the forerunners though. Um, not that there aren't others, yeah. like you said, but yeah, I'm definitely the least successful of the, of that three for sure. BAP is fucking BAP is chomping on a cigar in the back of his gold Rolls Royce right now. After yeah. The, he's killing it. It's amazing. it's amazing. Mike Ma was also already famous because of Vine and hanging out with Milo. So he sells, I think a ton more books than me too, but I do. All right, man. I mean, this, this house that we're sitting in right now was paid for by the, those books. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, when I look at, um, I mean, the rent, dude. I don't own it. The rent is paid for by the books. When I look at the scene as it is now, um, you know, I think, and this this is going to sound so like hyperbolic. So you can you can refute me if you want, but you know, we're pretty close to the same age, and this to me is pretty much the biggest explosion of creativity and like true on the ground culture, like the, the, the kind of the eruption of the underground into what looks like it's, it looks to me like it's going mainstream uh, that I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, that's a good question. I mean, oh, when has, when has, uh, so I write books, which are always, which are already a niche, right? But there used to be in the nineties, there used to be zines and none of them ever got big either, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Like, I don't know what, how big it is right if you go to the mall this is something i used to work in hollywood and my boss would say this about casting suggestions you'd be like what about fucking uh jennifer gray and he'd be like go to the mall of america and ask who jennifer gray is <laughs> <laughs> you know go to the so go to the mall of america and ask who bronze age pervert is who you know ask who you know if you ask who fucking delicious tacos is they'll think that they're talking about the food but uh, so uh, who knows but yeah i agree that it's it's there's a lot of cool shit and it's fun to read and uh creatively i'm happy that it exists and i'm glad to be a part of it i think that's probably true though of like anything that isn't you know totally mainstream you probably nobody in that mall would have heard of jack kerouac before say i, I don't know the 70s or, or hunter s thompson you know what I mean? But I don't know. I mean, Kerouac's books were hits, weren't they? And Hunter S. Thompson was getting paid well. Um, I feel very obscure. I feel very small and obscure and uh, un, uh, I, I don't mean this in the self-pitying way, but like kind of unrecognized and unnoticed, which is fine because I wrote, I write blog posts that are called fuck cunt pussy. It's not <laughs> for everybody. And I understand well, that certain people can't promote it and certain people hate it and, and think it's disgusting. So it is what it is, but. I mean, but this is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. One of the reasons I wanted you to come on my show, like it, it looks to me like we're on the verge of it. This scene going mainstream to some extent or at least blowing up more than it was you know I, I needed to go mainstream enough that i that i get a girlfriend or at least get some pussy that is all i need I, I make plenty of money at my day job the great thing is this new york wing of that's exactly what of I'm like about. red scare and honor yeah. levy and all this horseshit over there <laughs> not horseshit whatever <laughs> i love the red scare girls i love all those people but like <laughs> they're that whole thing is me like I would go on dates and my date would have heard of me. That, that was an unusual experience. 
And it was 100% because of Anna Kachian talking about me. It's always traces back to the part of there's suddenly some coolness involved because women are involved. The problem with the so-called dissident right is that it's entirely Asperger's syndrome men who uh, are not going to accrue any cool points, nothing against them. Obviously, the world was built by Asperger's syndrome men, but like that's not going to be, you know, that's not going to be Andy Warhol's factory <laughs> and the Velvet Underground playing, right? That's that's going to get you Linux. So, we'll, but we'll see what happens, right? Like, I'm also 46 years old. So, like, the time for me to be part of a scene is past. Like, I go to bed at 9 p.m. and I enjoy watching uh, The Sandman on Netflix and I pass out 17 minutes into the episode and I wake up at fucking quarter to six, I feed the cat and it's a good life, like puttering around my house. So I, whatever, I hope there is a scene cause it would be nice to be able to quit my job and like maybe fucking get laid, you know before my last sperm cell is gone, but who knows? But if there isn't one, it's fine too. I, j I don't like, the bad part about a scene is then you got to worry about like your place in the scene and you have to do all this social climbing shit. And the beautiful thing about writing on the internet is that all you need is a website and uh, to type, that's it. So I don't ever have to worry about, you know, pissing off the Duke of the fucking dissident right. And well, I don't, the Duke, I don't, yeah, maybe the <laughs> I don't ever have to worry about that would be zero HP. I don't have to, yeah, <laughs> I love zero and I love each other. That'll never happen, but you know, I don't have to worry do about great. like is Anna is the Anna Wintour of the Groypers inviting me to the fucking Nazi Met Gala, you know what I mean? Like, right, right, I don't but, care, but, like, but. First of all, there probably is going to be a Nazi Met Gala someday. I think I think that there is. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, that's fine. And you can be humble about it if you want. But I, I think no matter what happens, when it happens, if it happens, you you have to be considered one of like the foundational you know, you're going to be on the Mount Rushmore of the dissident. I'm going to be on right? the dollar bill. I'm yeah, going to be exactly. on the new, the, new, exactly. the new currency of the, uh, <laughs> you're the experimental, you know, I should, if, if the BAP like nation state comes to pass in, you know, I I'm pressing him to make it happen in an Island on the Philippines. My face absolutely should be on some denomination of fucking peso. <laughs> yeah. right. I just think about that. What was the chart that got leaked? There was a chart of the dissident oh, the, bad oh, yeah, guys. The, the hate chart. Uh, yeah. you, see that, Astro? you know, that guy. And that tacos guy who... was, he was right in the middle and big. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I should say to the <laughs> listeners here that like I espouse no right wing views and I say, you know, Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. I'm, I don't, I'm not, I have no anti-Semitic or racist beliefs or not even really any sexist beliefs. I mean, I have a personal resentment towards a lot of women, but it doesn't mean that I think that they shouldn't vote or any of this shit. Um, but uh, nor am I ashamed to be, it's fun to be on the hate chart uh, with people, you know, tracking networks around me and think that I'm encouraging, uh, you know, people to strap bombs on themselves and go fucking you know, going to schools and stuff like that. Wow. But yeah, I don't give a shit. Okay. I mean, but, <laughs> you know, as a foundational figure, like, again, I, my view of writing is like, it's nerds typing alone. So I think yeah. that uh, 
And I think that, so let's, so for an example, this Hobart magazine controversy, Ooh, yeah. right? So uh, Perez, whose first name I don't know, sorry. Alex, sorry. Alex, Alex, Alex Perez. Perez. Come on my show, by the way. His fucking handle is Perez. So nobody knows my fucking name either, right? (laughs) So Perez got interviewed in Hobart, which is this magazine that, you know, who the fuck knows? I like, I don't stay on top of literary magazines. Wait, you knew knew his handle before this whole thing? Perez was, uh, Perez promoted me in some publication. Like, yeah, I am seventy. So he had I a am, presence on Twitter. Yeah, well, he had a like he got he fucking got me some page views. So that's oh, the so if I you do that, know. like I'm a friend for life, right? So like, I uh, I read this interview and then you know, Hobart is, was apparently a letter or is apparently a literary magazine, and then tons of people pulled their stories because he said that you know the woke woke cabal is destroying the literary scene or whatever. And like, it's all well and good. And obviously like I support people's, you know, dissidents or whatever, but like, who gives a shit? Like just type by yourself and create as much as you can. And the way that you can help other people is by creating good writing, right? Everybody who writes a good book shows you how to write a book. Like the new Cormac McCarthy book came out and I'm reading it a couple pages at a time. Like it arrived. I went down to take out my recycling and there's the Amazon bag with the Cormac McCarthy. And I was like, Ooh, I was been very, very excited. And then I take that book in and I put it down on top of the toilet. And suddenly I'm not checking Twitter in the morning anymore. Cause I'm reading the Cormac McCarthy book. And like, I wrote two blog posts and worked on a bunch of my book this weekend because I'm inspired because there's a good book that I'm reading. Like people need good, unpretentious, cool good prose books to read and if you can just concentrate on doing that then that's how you help that's how you serve god your fellows in the world is by putting good honest work out there because that inspires people to either feel less alone or make good work themselves or whatever or just fucking laugh at something i'm actually a cormac uh denier you don't like him I mean, I love Blood Meridian. I, yeah. Astral's a huge Cormac guy. Yeah. So. I, I actually wrote the uh, <laughs> premier re- uh, analysis of Blood Meridian. I've been, I, I no, I mean, Blood that, Meridian is tacos. an absolute masterpiece. But sorry. I, I just have What do you think of the new one? I have not read it, although I wasn't planning to read it because I thought he fell off at uh, around old co- No Country for Old Men. But maybe I'll read it if you recommend it. It's called Passenger, right? Yeah, I mean, look he's great his prose is superb yeah so what can you do I, with someone like that i think you've got to give that book a chance i don't like i wasn't able to get into his southern books his early books i read the border trilogy and thought it was pretty good and then obviously blood meridian is fantastic and uh i loved no country for old men and the road this one is weird it's a weird book man it, but you got to read it, man. It's a fucking new Cormac McCarthy. He's 89 years old. He's yeah. Out Did, and it's still like the prose is just as good as it's ever been. Well, leaving Cormac McCarthy aside for a minute, I like what you just when said. When I'm 89, Astral, are you not going to read my books? <laughs> when I'm 89 years old, still busting my ass to write. Now a you're making me feel you? like an asshole gonna, for saying I was going to read it. Thrice, will you turn away from me? No, I'll I'll still read it. Are you still going to be talking about having sex with Filipino prostitutes when you're 89? <laughs> I hope so, dude. Okay, I bet you will. Um, but yeah, okay. So so burgeoning, 
do you think the literary scene coming out of the distance, right? Because you're talking about the politics and stuff. And like, I, I get that. But like, I yeah. think I think the politics are actually going to probably become like like a, a fashion. You know, you've said this yeah. before. You've yeah. said this before. And it, it, Anakachin just yeah. just dressed up like Thomas Seven Seven for for Halloween. Right. Um, did you I, see that? I did see that. So here's again, I never think about the scene. Part of it is because. I only want to read stuff that is better than me. Yeah. So I don't read a, a lot of people email me. And so let me take this opportunity to publicly apologize. Like I never read anybody's essays or books that they send me because I want to read stuff that's better than me. And I want to get better and read stuff that's better than me. So I don't stay on top of the new shit that's coming out because I think that it's probably not better than my books, not to jerk myself off. I just have been doing it a longer time. Right. And these are 25 year old guys that are coming up on the same shit that I came up on and they're on their part of the journey. Right. right. So like, I don't read a lot of it. So I don't think about a scene. Um, and again, because like, I don't want like fucking, I like, and people ask me to like write blurbs for them and shit. And like, I just don't like, it's a great thing about self-publishing and is like, not having to do the yearbook club shit, right. not having to do the extracurriculars. Like the only blurb I would write is buy my book instead of this one. Um, but you are aware that there is just a massive deluge of new stuff coming out. Yeah, it's great that people are writing for okay. sure. It's a noble thing to do. Yeah, and I'm sure there are great books out there. Again, yeah, there's, there's some that, I, the ones that I've read, I read Paul Town's novel, which is great. And again, Mike Ma's book is great. Uh, I liked Logo's book. I know that he's uh, he's uh, in, you know, people have beef with him, but I really enjoyed Logo's book. Um, it just has a real hard, like, first section that you have to get through that he made deliberately obfuscatory, if I can say that word correctly, obfuscatory, um, which is, you know, the type of thing he would do. Um, yeah, I heard it's very uh, lugubrious. It's extremely, you know, I thought about, I yeah. thought about, making, I looked, I regarded it with a libidinal flick when I picked I, it off the shelf. I thought about making a, a an alt Twitter account called Logo Dedulous's Vocabulary. And every day it was like one word that he uses with a definition, like hermeneutics I, I, I or syncretism. Logo. You know, I've met Logo in person. I hung out with him at the very duck pond that we're talking about. I'm a Logo supporter um for whatever beef that's the other thing i don't want to be involved in yeah all the various beefs in the scene although i do get dragged into it sometimes like nick fuentes uh is beefing with bap and of course like i'm you know i support bap against you know i don't know i don't know what the fuck nick fuentes represents but and you know some people are whose names I won't say here are very mad at me and don't like me very much. And uh, I espouse peace and love for all men. Yeah. But that's the other part of the scene. There's always infighting and there's always factions forming and like, who gives a shit, man? I'm like, I'm, you know, I talk about pussy. Well, the thing that matters to me is the creativity and the, the cultural production, the, the novels and the blogs plays if if i don't know if anybody's doing something like that but film hopefully people will be producing that soon i mean bap talks about how that's like the most important thing for us to get into but i don't know how we would i could not i could not disagree more i think that uh film is a really difficult art form and i think that people have this mistaken idea that it's the true canon now like oh once you have a movie 
that's when you really have something and like when's your book going to be made into a movie i think that's a mistake a, a book is more meaningful than a movie yes i think i was talking to matt and dan from the new right and uh one of them was saying that like it used to be that like the mark that you've made it is that you get a film made like you you it gets adapted your book gets adapted but like now he's not sure if that's the case anymore you can i ask what you did in hollywood i've heard you mention it before but i actually don't know what you did yeah i mean i started as an assistant and then i was a low-level development executive so i read scripts and books and met with people trying to get movies made and when um, did you uh, get out of it uh 2013 february okay. 12th 2013 i think movies might be done actually i think it looks like I think, it. I think movies are going to age like opera like, yeah. like you know opera's only been around for like 300 years yeah but nobody like, opera's like brand new actually yeah and, but and it, well, it had a big flash in the pan and then it yeah kind of became a thing i think that's what movies in like 100 years are going to be kind of like opera it's gonna be like wow they had an amazing time and now they're like an esoteric will there be thing. some cliche like there's like the fat woman in the valkyrie helmet yeah except you know, it'll be it. what, what well like the marvel movies be an avenger are that. Yeah. Yeah. the marvel yeah, movies are avenger. the wagner of hollywood uh, of film but I always wondered, like, um, so so that's good. I, that's good. You were there. Like, you kind of, like, watched everything kind of go to hell, didn't you? In, in the movie business? Yeah. yeah it, it had kind of gone to hell before I got it, there. Okay, did it? Yeah. I mean, I look, I worked on some good movies and shows. I had some good experiences there, and I met some cool people. But the business itself is awful because it's a bunch of largely, you know, people either untalented or undeveloped talent people pushing really hard and ambitiously to make shitty projects and then even something that starts as a true piece of art with passion behind it will get turned into shit by yeah. uh the the perceived demands of the audience as interpreted by you know women by yeah women and jews <laughs> jewish women mostly yeah, I would think the Jews were probably just happy to make whatever I, makes money. I love Jews, by the way. No, this is a joke. Women. I'm kidding. I'm that not was an anti-Semite. That was a pro-Jewish comment that I just made. I'm in favor <laughs> of the Jews. Don't Jews do not run society. Don't shut down my school. Yeah. Um. Well, so so right now in twenty, it's almost twenty twenty three. So it's almost ten years later. We have you know woke garbage like lord of the ring or not lord of the rings rings of power oh, yeah. little mermaid that's coming out and you could name we don't know we haven't nobody's seen little mermaid so you can't just be like who gives a shit that the fucking mermaid is black like honestly who cares right i don't it's a disney it's not like they went back into the hans christian anderson book and they called it the the fucking little negro maid you know? like, <laughs> it's a disney it's a disney adaptation of it and let's stop treating it like the original animated version was some hallowed relic. Like it's <laughs> fucking stupid. It's a big fat drag queen octopus yeah. singing some fucking gay ass musical theater song and some horseshit uh, merchandising, you know, ploy who cares, dude. So who gives a fuck about that? Okay. So I will, I will mermaid. Like it's get my segue and just ask yeah. the question then <laughs> yeah. because Everybody complains that wokeness is ruining culture, right? Mm -hmm. But I actually think it set in a while ago with digitization and CGI because 
shitty, terrible movies were getting made, like District 9 and the Star Wars prequels and the Transformers sequels, like all these crappy movies were being made way before like any of this woke stuff came. Uh, yeah. But you remember what was, there was before CGI, like, remember, yeah, it didn't like, look good. I know flash Gordon <laughs> and shit like yeah, that. It was hilarious. A, a terrible puppet. Or when they talk about like the classic days of practical effect. Yeah. But the like, oh, American movie. werewolf in London, man, that transformation scene is saying, it looks like shit. All it's that shit looks so like bad. they got a fucking shitty puppet that they're always so proud of having like air bladders in it and stuff and make it blow up. It always looks it's fake and terrible. So bad. CGI and the, the only so reason better. why it's good and people like it is because it's so bad. Like the original yeah. Clash of the Titans is amazing because it looks so ridiculous and well, it's like the Harryhausen stuff in particular is different because his creatures always had personality. His stop motion work would would have been so much better if it had been in the service of actual art instead of these dopey fucking you know genre movies. Um, Did you guys see Mad God? Never no. heard of it. So Mad God is this movie that just came out. That's like oh, a stop motion movie, yeah, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah, it's supposed to be really. Crazy. But but that's not the point I'm making, though. The point I'm trying to make, because I, I agree with you, the point I'm trying to make is that I feel like the CGI became like way more important than the writing, and it took like a back seat. And there was the well, whole writer strike. Again, Were you there for like, the writer strike? Yes, I was. Now, even before all this, though, the writing always sucked. Let's remember that. Okay. <laughs> like, you were, there's a survivor bias because yeah. you're like, you remember The Godfather, yeah. but you don't remember, like, what was that? What else was out the same year? Like, Blackenstein, you know, right. the fucking, uh, you the know, Apex Files. Uh, were those even Hollywood Godzilla movies, movie? though? Like, the, the black exploitation things? And it doesn't, the, like, it, I'm sure there were shitty Hollywood movies, too, or there's like, Back in the 70s, like the art that that version of the Marvel movie is like the Poseidon Adventure, the Towering yeah. Inferno. No, but Airport, it was also like, like disaster Star Wars, movies, right? It was like Star yeah. Wars and Star Wars is good. Alien was in the 70s. What else can't what else? I'm sure there were shitty movies from that time too, but we don't remember them because they weren't classics that held on. So what will we remember from what was a great movie like? The new Dune was pretty good. Blade yeah, One twenty forty nine. Yeah, remember. better. The new Top Gun was pretty good. Um, the Avengers movies are just like procedural television shows. They're like CSI, right? They, you know, they just keep throwing them at you, and they're you can watch them on a plane. You can sleep through the second act, like. But there are still good movies being made. These I don't. I'm too. Uh, too much of a pussy to watch horror movies but it looks like there's a lot of cool horror movies coming out with like Midsommar and yeah. It Follows I love horror. The Barbarian is actually uh, kind of good yeah, Barbarian just... is a very creative creative movie one of the more creative movies I've who seen made that? has actual ideas and actually like good writing in it. Uh, I actually don't even know who made it it's on HBO Max but it's a horror movie a new horror film it's yeah. about like it's pretty good it's well, like have the, you seen like The, the Witch or The Lighthouse uh, Lighthouse was a great movie. Yeah, it was. Lighthouse was a great. So great movies are still being made. You know what sucked though was the fucking Northman, the yeah, most over it. overrated movie ever. Really All you guys movie. on Twitter that were jerking off the fucking Northman, yeah. shame on you. It also shame wasn't on super base. Like they yeah. were pretending like it was like. Super yeah, I expected it was going to be like. I expected it was going to be the new Conan 1982, where he's like, "Clam tells me to." killed the black people and ah, <laughs> women can't vote ah. <laughs> it was just a stupid b movie yeah it was yeah i really didn't like it at all i thought it was really dumb 
Well, okay. So I don't know. So Hollywood, whatever. It just no, so but just, I think it, I, I disagree with you, Tacos. Though that I, yeah, don't I think, think I do too. I think, but... I think we're in a massive glut. I think yeah, I think we are. We're in the yeah. definition of a glut, right? Because yeah. a glut happens when there's a ton of something, but none of it's good. And we're seeing like the amount of fucking content bullshit that's being made, mm-hmm. and very little of it is good. Yeah, I mean, it, and uh, you know, you get these glimmers of hope here and there, but they're not. They're not like the big glimmers. Like I remember going to the movies, being really eager to go to the movies and seeing something that was really good. Now you're disappointed almost every time. I mean, like every, you know, there's not, you can't know like this is going to be a great experience. Yeah. You know, every, you get the small ones that are okay. But like, do you know though, like for everything's like, a, a, a imitation of something earlier. Also, I, mean, I think the examples I, you gave yeah, Top Gun, yeah, Blade Runner, they're yeah. also imitate, they're not new. I think Everything Everywhere All at Once was a great movie. <laughs> I loved that movie so much. <laughs> was, I loved it. There I were loved, some good things about it. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. It, well, the, the thing is, is like um, you mentioned like the 70s, like the 70s was the era of like the screenwriter. Like John Milius, I think at one time sold like the most expensive script of all time. Paul Schrader was like a force to be reckoned with. The guy who wrote Network, can't remember his name right now. Uh, it was Penn like Chansky. a thing. Yeah, yeah it, like it was like a thing to be like a, a screenwriter. The screenwriter had like just as much clout as a director for a while. And well, then that I don't turned think around the, that turned around in the eighties because the biggest screenwriter in the eighties was Joe Esterhaus, who wrote <laughs> like Showgirls and all this other <laughs> shitty bullshit. Um, the, so, the thing, the, the difference that no one wants to talk about, and I'm not saying this to be sexist, I'm sure Anna Kachian would agree. No, with me. I know what you're going to say, and I agree the, with you. The, the power structure it. is yeah, now 60 to 70 percent women. That's exactly. And what the, the thing about is. women is women cannot. This is a huge generalization, but women can only say what other people say is good. It's like with men, mm. women only want men that other women want. Yeah. Women can only say something's good when everybody else says it's good. So that's why we see replications of things over and over and over again, because they're great at repeating the thing that already was good, but mm. they cannot identify the new thing. That's, good. Well, that's no, very I don't, insightful. I don't know that's, that's a good. new form of misogyny that I've never heard. <laughs> Super yeah. I don't know if that's exactly like, true, misogyny. It's like PhD <laughs> misogyny studies, but I think you have a point. No, I don't, I don't think that's exactly right. <laughs> But it is women's fault, though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's women's fault somehow. <laughs> but, yeah. but the thing you're talking about is just because there's no good writers anymore, because all the money is going into the the, the propaganda, like the the advertising, and the CGI. So well, also, so I did like I did work with a lot of screenwriters, and there are, you know, occasionally you'll find like a really talented, interesting and passionate person, but most people do it for a check and they come out here and they want to get on staffed on a show so they can make $15,000 a week to argue about what to get for takeout. Right. Well, um, they get ground into that. Right? Yeah. That's, but that's from what get, I hear. You no, know, people come out here like wanting that they really? want, they come out here wanting that. Yeah. The yeah. money is so good yeah, it is when you're working yeah, and it, it's you know you can call yourself a writer and you can have this incredible life with this nice like you know studio city house with a pool and a school district with you know the with like 12 to or 9 to 12 percent black people you know and it's an incredible life and your fucking rescue dog etc um but there's not like there was this this golden age of television which was a lie 
when there were really like three good shows, Mad Men, Sopranos and Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, that <laughs> got agents who were seeking recurring revenue rather than one-time payoffs uh, to be able to tell their egotistical writer clients that they should be developing for television instead of films because TV is really the new, there's golden age. It's the new real art form. And so everybody became a television hack and TV itself um, turns into doctor lawyer cop shows. Like I'm sure 90, like ideas get developed down into a case of the week because frankly, otherwise it becomes fucking general hospital. You need so many twists and turns and, and story, story breaks and all this other shit just to keep it going that you really need some kind of story engine for it. So it just, all just becomes the same boring bullshit. So with this push and pull of, of different mediums and stuff, I think that makes perfect sense. Think, thinking about everything we're saying in context of what we were talking about before, that uh, maybe quality writing is returning to the novel. And it's even returning to like the self-published novel because a good writer... Go ahead. Well, there aren't... There aren't... that I appreciate your hopeful tone... Um, you are such a cynic, man. <laughs> well, in the, here's the, the other thing is in the world of books, you're not like, I'd never think about your book. I never think about books having an opening weekend and being something of the now. Like great books last for thousands of years. Great books are an art form that you might not know the value of until after you're dead. So it's something that exists away from movements and vicissitudes of culture and all this other shit. So um, I also think that there's just like every book that I pick up that's a new kind of hyped up book always sucks. Um, I don't want to name any specifics, but I'm talking about books that are like like every NPR yeah, the mainstream, yeah. is always really boring and prissy. Um, but you're right. There are some good ones going on, but I don't know if there's, if there's more good ones now than there ever were. Um, no, I just mean out of the self-publishing, like online yeah. scene. That's, that's where the create, that's where the creative power in America is right now. Like it's like the only place. Maybe. And, but, and I don't want to like, I don't want like that. I, I don't know. Here's, I don't want to like, I don't want there to be like fucking, you know, Mike Ma brand Oreos, you know, <laughs> I want people to have great financial and, uh, you know, romantic success out of all this, but. Uh, well, we'll go back to what I was saying before. Like it is the, the biggest anyone can hope. I think is to be as big as Bukowski or as big as Kerouac or as big as Hunter S Thompson which I think is great. I mean, these people are all legends and they all had, here's the thing, like you talked about how nobody could go to the mall of America and nobody there has ever heard of any of these people. And that's definitely true, but it's always been the case, hasn't it? That like a small sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like uh, authentic, I guess. Um, even just using that word, I'm cringing, but we'll go with it. An authentic, like, culture that springs up sort of spontaneously on its own uh it, it's never been like anytime it gets big it gets watered down right so it's always sure. been like a small I, I, group i guess i kind of resist the idea of it springing up because i was just reading a book called asinos Aureus 
which was written during, I think, around 115 AD. And it's about a horny man in ancient Rome in North Africa who, uh, you know, after after having uh, some sex with a slave girl, uh, sneaks into a witch's uh, chamber and steals something from her or something. And he gets turned into a donkey. And um, this book is just felt incredibly contemporary. And I think that it's just always been there. I think at any time in history, it's just, this has just always been around. And that's the beauty of book writing as opposed to like doing radio plays or some other form that, as you say, is going to become the opera or like musical theater or some, you know, something that requires anything besides a dude with a piece of paper. Books are windy. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yes. As Paul Scalis would say. Well, I wanted to ask something you said on either Isaac's podcast or the new right. I can't remember now which one you said this on, but I think you've kind of been talking about this a lot. You've been tweeting about it too. Like, where things are going i often see you say that like you know you've said things like podcasts are are fading and blogs are coming back and before podcasts were big blogs were big and uh you also talk about how like soon the right is just going to be like a bunch of like scolding incels who like yeah h- hound everybody out um yes i do feel that way yeah it looks like it it, it looks like you're right i mean yeah. it, it looks like that's happening and almost it's almost like I worry the process may already be complete, if not now, soon. Um, but at the same time, though, you do have this like this breakout, this this escape velocity of like maybe not the ideas. Well, I guess that's that's really what one of my questions is for you. Well, and it, right. It, go ahead. I'll let you. Well, I, 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 I never think about this stuff. I like to, I tweet about where the culture is going because that's entertaining to think about. But in terms of my writing, I never think about this stuff because um, I don't like, I guess I don't anticipate having blockbuster success with it. I think it's really hard to make money from books. I don't want to chase after that. I don't uh, want to compromise the work for that. And I'm also probably, you know, have low self-esteem, so I don't think I deserve it. So I never think about like where the culture is going. Like I just keep doing, I, I try to keep that out of my head to simply express what I experience and feel as bluntly as possible. And wherever the culture is going, so be it. I really, I do believe that uh, the, the SJW wave, which has now penetrated deeply into you know, the higher echelons of culture has lost its passion among normal or at least online people, right? And the new passionate people are are these uh, fake Catholics, weird, you know, angry transsexuals, um, you know, trad people, basically. Um, and I think that that's going to be a new wave of uh, of similar nastiness and you know uh purity testing and faction creating that sjwism had but i don't care like it doesn't matter none of this shit matters to me i don't care about the you know the scene i love i love the people but i don't give a shit if the scene i don't like i'm fucking too again i'm too old i don't go out so like a scene is for getting pussy 
right? A scene is for like, hey, we're going to the bar. Like Isaac goes to this shit all the time. Like, oh, Ariel Pink's playing at the fucking movie event and there's going <laughs> to be girls there. And I'm sorry if it's 9.15 p.m. Like I got to go to bed, yeah. dude. I'm well, I mean, yeah, that's oh, why. I'm, I'm aging out. Yeah. I, I definitely am getting to the point where I like don't want to do that stuff anymore. That's why I have a podcast because I don't do that stuff anymore and I'm just home like at night while my family's asleep and I'm like, what am I going to do now? I guess I'll start a podcast. But so that's, first of all, that's good. Like that is exactly the attitude you want of like the artists who are creating things to have because um, Bukowski said that about the beats. Like he said that they like weren't in the streets anymore. I don't know if you're familiar with that comment he made. Like um, because they were too like caught up in like, what their like scene had become and they weren't like living the life that inspired and produced the work that they were making. So like, yeah, if you, if you have somebody like, you know, Andy Warhol, who's like too high off his own, you know, his own supply, he's uh, he's out at the shows while people are in a factory making his art. So that's good that you think that, but I, and you know, I don't want to like press you on something that you're not like too concerned about, except that I I think it matters for America um, writ large um, a lot more in the last, you know, 15, 10, 15 years than it ever has in the past, because whatever was going on before Trump got elected with both like the Tumblr and the uh, I guess it was 4chan right back then, Mm -hmm. um, all that shit blew up onto the scene and became like a massive. I mean, it became so important to america that like the sjw stuff that came out of tumblr ended up all throughout our like human resources departments and it's showing up in our movies yeah so now in in 20 years hr will demand that you fucking jerk off to uh some hentai before you get a job (laughs) (laughs) they'll they'll need they'll need like 10 anti-semitic slurs out of history to be like They'll need you to have planted a nail bomb somewhere. And, uh, did did that, you read uh, Isaac's piece? Um, Isaac, what was it called? The one that you had me read, the, the one you just put out about Miami. The End of Friends. The new yeah. one I have not yet read. All right. Well, we can Very we can uh, sum up like long stuff. one particular <laughs> part about it. It's really good. It's really good. I mean, Isaac's, Isaac is like the gonzo journalist right now. Yeah. Check he- out the Carousel Substack. That's right. Written by uh la's own isaac simpson <laughs> la's own um but he mentions well, isaac you can tell the story but you mentioned like an asian guy in like a swastika like tracksuit or something at, at yeah. the house party no for sure the i'm signal, very interested in this guy so we were at this, <laughs> about this month, we were at this mansion uh the whole urban crowd went to this guy's mansion that was $14 million. And I swear to God, it looked like a three bedroom Airbnb. Like it was like, not, did not look like it was $14 million, but apparently in Miami, that's what you get for 14 million. And yeah, all the signals are slightly. So there's like industrial society in its future sitting on the coffee table. There's an Asian you're, you're, guy with long yeah, hair. I forgot There's about an Asian that. guy with long hair wearing a swastika, <laughs> like shorts with swastikas on them. Like, you know, there's like weird hentai on the TV. So, um, yeah, I just think that that's how we signal to each other. We're signaling to each other by 
saying these things and doing these things that we're not allowed to say, that we're not allowed to do. This is how we paint ourselves to show that we are willing to tell the truth in All today's right. world. So and I love it. It's a great fucking opportunity. What, what better purpose could you have in your life possibly than to tell the truth in an environment that hates the truth. It's great. I, I thank God all the time for the, the, the fact that I get to give my life to truth in an environment that hates it. Imagine if I lived in the enlightenment, you know, like what would I do all day? <laughs> I would just have to read boring, nerdy shit. Well, you know, like I would much rather be part of an exciting group that is sacrificing stuff to tell the truth and, and tell it beautifully. You know, I think it's, it, it's an amazing time. The interesting thing about that, the thing to me that's interesting and why I wanted to talk to tacos about it is because like you have this core of people with like hardcore right wing political beliefs. And these people like actually believe this stuff and like this is who they are. Um, but they have this like image that grew up around it. And and it, again, it sounds very cringy to say, but it really was like authentic. It was it wasn't really like a posture in the beginning and it's still not for like so many people but it's become cool and hip because it's what's like rebellious now to 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 virtue signal in that way is like being i don't know whatever a leftist in the 70s or whatever yeah being, but again i'll leave that i'll leave being cool and hip like let the young people enjoy their whatever is cool and, hip. and, and that's fine and that's fine but w what i'm trying to say though is that these people who are going to put industrial society and its future on the table to like virtue signal are also the people who are going to like read your books and like read zero HP Lovecraft's blog and, and, you know, read passage press books. So like, it's like this weird, you know, um, intersection of like watering down the politics, but also like fostering the creativity and like, providing an audience and there are definitely people I, I talked to Isaac about this when I went on his show like there are people who create this stuff who like do not want people to read it they do not want to get popular you know zero has said to me I, I don't know he I'm not putting words in his mouth um, in terms of like how much of a readership he wants but he did say to me in an interview that uh, he will never no matter what happens signed to a mainstream publisher and have his books like printed and he also says in his book um that his stuff will always be available for free so he's got this you know 200 dollars book but everything in that book is free online yeah um so i see it i think he said he got approached by a big i think like one of the big ones i think approached him and he turned it down which is very admirable yeah i know but i think he was trolling when he said that what was the story around that? Because I think I, no, I, think I was, remember him I saying know. that as a joke one time. I thought he said that he legitimately got approached by one of you know. Uh, yeah, Alfred he, A. Knopf yeah, wanted Alfred to do Knopf. his. Uh, he he his may have. He may have, show. but I I think yeah. I remember him saying that because Maybe there was, and then he said it was a troll. You can never I, tell I, with the Duke of Frog Twitter. That guy. No, just so if so if Bab's the king and Zero is the Duke, the Duke. who Mike maybe Mike Ma is like the Lancelot who Mike Ma is not connected to those guys though. It's no, not, no, Mike but Ma he's not a frog Twitter. No, it doesn't he's matter like a, though because he's a Milo he has, he has the the gravitas though. Yeah, like he's he, like a star for sure. Yeah, he's a star. 
So, but what's what's tacos on the on the hierarchy? He's he's like the you know you're the troubadour who gets all the well, ladies. Again, let you me sleep say, with all the again, you sleep with all the no, nobles' his wives. There is no, for me. There is no scene and there is no hierarchy. Right? Okay, all right. I'm also, just joking. Like, I know, I know, and I don't like. I know that, and I appreciate everything you're saying. Like, I just, I can never think about like uh art in relation to uh culture or history or any of this right all this is is a fucking dork typing by himself on a saturday because he's got nothing else to do that is all there is so like i don't see the need to romanticize it or anything i mean i wrote a book called the pussy it's the pussy by delicious tacos and so and it's been like it's just to me it's just uh i'm a nerd who types alone i'm i i love and appreciate that people like it but um I just don't, it has never helped me to think of it any other way um, because really it, because the process itself is just like you fucking sitting in a living room, like uh, taking a break once in a while to beat off, but just fucking clattering on a keyboard by yourself. Well, like I said, this it's, is it's just such a hard, it's such a hard act to make that into something cool. I love it. I love doing it. Um, and I'm grateful for the opportunity, but it's just such a stretch to make that into fucking Studio 54. Like I'm a nerd, <laughs> I'm a nerd sitting in boxer shorts with my cat, like typing, trying not to look at Pornhub so I can finish a chapter of the pussy. Well, this is good. Uh, this is this is what our artists should think. This is and 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 you know, I you've convinced me that you are very humble, and I'm. I'm reassured. Um, so let let's I'll drop the I'll drop the scene stuff because I I think the scene is annoying and I think I think and maybe this is another way of saying what you're saying. I think people like you have to do your work despite the scene. Um, so maybe that's another way of of saying what you're saying. Um, so let's change tack for for the the remainder of the interview because a couple of things I'm really interested in. I'm sorry if you've gone over this before. I have listened to a lot of your interviews. I've never heard you talk about it. Um, who are some of your main uh, insp inspirations? And I ask because, Isaac, what was the title of that story you sent me? There was a, a story of yours. Autopilot. I had... Was that it? Yeah. Where the, the guy. His autopilot. That story was fucking awesome. Thank you. And I never, because I was telling Isaac about like the works of yours that I'd read before. And he's like, no, 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 no. You got to read this one. This one's totally different than all those. And um. I was surprised how much science fiction was in that story. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then I started uh, to see it more in your work after I read that, but go, go on. Who, who, who are some of your inspirations? I mean, that one came out of life, right? I, it's got to come out of life. Um, I like, you know, I like the usual suspects that everybody else reads like Michelle Welbeck, Charles Bukowski. Um, I like Sam Pink. I like, uh, I've been reading some Raymond Carver, you know, I'm reading this Cormac McCarthy book. Like it's the same shit that everybody else reads. But, uh, and, you know, Mishima and stuff like that, right? Whatever the, whatever the, like, look at the, you know, whatever the, su the suggest, the incels, like, suggest, you know, you may also like pile <laughs> that Amazon wants to, if you, like, are thinking of shooting up a school, the books that Amazon wants to wants you to add to your cart are like the books that I like, right? Just like everybody else. I'm reading the Bible. Uh, 
what else have I been reading? I don't know. Yeah, I got a lot of uh, Isaac's looking at my bookshelf. He's he's on the fancy section, so it's all like Sophocles and Marcel Proust. Yeah, Franzen. Yeah. Oh, Jonathan Fuckface. There. I like you, Jonathan Franzen. If you're listening, sorry. Oh, so um, speaking of scenes, I saw Franzen. This is when I knew things were wrong. I saw Franzen read his book Downtown LA like six years ago, and the auditorium. This is the greatest novelist in America, or one of them, right? Or the most not greatest, but like the most popular it was like a quarter full like he couldn't even fill like a very small auditorium in little tokyo although i will say the only people who went to talk to him afterwards were like six hot chicks yeah. we were all trying to fuck <laughs> so wait but what about that the power of it can get you laid right uh i do i do uh, get laid occasionally yeah so that's pretty cool um it's but that you. that autopilot story came from life it was it came after working in hollywood i had just finished my hollywood job i'd just been fired i was in the shower and I was thinking about how so many years when I was working with that, that job, I would start the day and I would just wish I could fast forward through the day. Um, and it hit me how horrible that is, that you have this precious gift of life and you wish that you could skip it because your situation is so bad. And that's where that story came from. Yeah. Um, so it's a science fiction story, but it came out of, it has to come out of a real feeling that you experience in life. So all my science fiction stuff is usually about, you know, as they say, like, wow, it's really a critique of our world, you know, <laughs> no, but it really is like emotionally the difference that I try to do with my genre stuff, my horror stuff and my, you know, sci-fi stuff is it's like, it's really grounded. It's really about actual emotional things that, <laughs> take place in your life yeah i'm not trying to be like fucking gene roddenberry you know it's like wow it's really about racism man <laughs> you know what if the klingons actually were, <laughs> were what if the klingons were just like black people and like you know constantly attacking us <laughs> that reminds I, me that i read I don't know what the, for the first said. time because of you and bap talking about him in uh when you were on his show He's the greatest uh, living guy to do it. By the way, I, I got I was getting confused there between next generation Klingons that are like supposed to be like <laughs> black and white people living together, the Klingons and the fucking Federation of Friends. And I forgot that the original series Klingons actually were constantly fucking like attacking them and stuff. So whatever. I didn't mean that as a uh, I didn't mean that as a, to disparage my uh, my friends in the black community. Well, yeah, uh, Welbeck Welbeck is the uh, is the best living guy to do it. There's no measuring up to him, and so it takes the burden off the rest of us. In the '90s, there was like this like uh, reconciliation between the races. I think gangster rap became so popular that there was like this general feeling of camaraderie. Yeah, I think, I think Star Trek tried to like foster that with the Klingons, like being on the ship, like. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lieutenant I, Lieutenant Worf. Like, I was gonna. Uh, I can to I forgot his name. Into human society. That guy was great, man. The yeah, the Klingon security officer. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I think occasionally. I think they were trying. It was a mea culpa. Five people have a ritual for dispute resolution. It's called the Ohaka. fucking, we fight with boomerangs. I have never seen Star Trek. And then they had data was basically Mark Zuckerberg, right? Yeah. He's like the prefiguration of Mark Zuckerberg. That was a great show, man. They had some, uh, they had women with fucking nice big jugs and they yeah. all wore these like tight jumpsuits. 
Yeah, the sexual tension between uh, Rickard. I can't remember their names. Riker. Riker and uh, what was the Riker? <laughs> what was the black woman's name or the black-haired woman's name? Uh, your uh, the the empath. Oh, what yes. the fuck is her name? Yes. Uh, fuck. There was Tasha Yar was the blonde. No, woman. she was she was hot too though. The empath was I forget. I'll have I to look it up. But the sexual tension be- and between her and the bearded, yeah. uh, we made she it. She was up from right. some planet where you she could you could all sense each other's emotions. Um, yeah, and she was a fucking fox for sure. Then you, of course, Jordy LaForge, Lavar yes. Burton with his uh, oil filter around his face because he was blind the literal colorblind yeah uh black han solo or not yeah. han solo uh obi-wan kenobi yeah it was all a right great well show. i forgot what my other question was but um yeah you should read uh, isaac's piece isaac is the new hunter s thompson of the uh he's doing a beautiful isaac is doing a beautiful job with his sub stack I-, I don't even like hunter s thompson to be honest i'm a no I'm but a, he's like the I'm maybe you're the pj yeah. harvey you're the pj harvey then i don't even know who that is those are like the two quintessential you mean not, not, not P- pj o'rourke you mean not pj <laughs> PJ Harvey. Yeah. I don't know who either of those people are. Yeah, I did mean PJ O'Rourke. Okay, I remember my last question because um, I'm starting to get a little delirious because it's 10.09 and for me, I'm hours past my bedtime. I, I'm actually on the 4 a.m. wake up time. Uh, highly recommended. It's like life changing. Do you have kids? Yes, I do. I have three. How old are they? Uh, 14, four, and seven months. And uh, what's your situation? They're all from the same woman? No. My first marriage ended in tragedy, which is divorce. Tragedy okay. makes it sound like someone died. Um, which, you know, uh, divorce is still tragic, though. And um, so I got remarried and I had two kids with my wife that I'm with now. Nice. And my 14-year-old doesn't live with us. Okay. But um, if I don't get up at four in the morning, I don't have time to read or write or I actually record podcasts at four in the morning with people in Europe. So, you know, what's funny is my 14 year old daughter, like one conversation with her makes you look at everything going on on right wing Twitter and you see it in a whole new light. And like like people take it way too seriously because she is aware of everything like she told me who andrew tate was way before anyone talked about him she knows all about chris chan uh she she knows all the lingo she calls things cringe she calls things based uh she she doesn't even know we exist and that we (laughs) she thinks it's their language you know what i mean she if she knew adults were saying that stuff (laughs) she would be like pissed like do you think she's listened to Astral and not? No, 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 no. My, my, <laughs> it's dad. It's not worth. It's not worth uh, the the podcast. Real life has to be kept separate. It's like too contentious. But one okay. So one more thing I want to ask uh, Tacos and right. um, you were talking about how like different literary movements mm-hmm. um, over time, and and I try to argue that we're in one now. But one of the things you said that I really appreciated, but I, I want you to clarify it is that like, we call these like movements, but the people's work don't sound or read like each other. And I think you were talking about like David Foster Wallace and Jonathan Franzen, like their novels are like nothing like each other, but they're, and and not Jonathan Franzen, uh, Brett Easton Ellis, 
Yeah. Uh, but they're considered like contemporaries and from the same like movement. So. Well, I don't think that. Like, again, I never I, think I'm sorry about if movements. I said it wrong. No, it's all right. I don't think about movements because the whole concept, it's always horseshit. The concept is horseshit. There's no movements. Um, so, you know, Cormac McCarthy is around now. And uh, what, you know, what movement was he? I don't know. It's, I mean, he's more of a piece with like Faulkner than anybody that's allowed. So, but who cares? I never think about this shit. I never think about like movements and stuff like that. Like um, I, um, I think there, you know, people write about the same themes because the same shit is happening to all of us, but yeah, right. people's pro styles are different. And uh, yeah, there is no, uh, if there's a movement, it's like mainstream publishing. It's like Otessa Mosfeg yeah. and Ling Ma. It's girls, it's girly books. That's where there's a main, there's no, you know, there's not like, they're really books for men are so insignificant as to not really exist. Like if there's a movement, it's, where there used to be like Manhattan coming, coming of age stories with a pink cover and like high heels on the cover. And it would be like girl in the fucking, whatever it is, girl in central park, or there'd be a million of those books. And now there's like a slightly more literary version, but it's always like New York women, you know, Otessa fucking Ling Ma. She, yeah. She's one. a Boston yeah. woman actually. Yeah. Which, which yeah. is even worse, but people don't, people don't get it's, that but it's the it's the you know that's 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 where the scene is at like there's no uh there's no dude scene really you, did you ever read jonathan franzen's essay i think it's called perchance to dream no life's uh, too short oh it's worth reading dude it's okay. worth reading did you read it isaac no i what why, what is that essay? Well, he wrote it in like 1996 and he basically said what tacos just said he said that it was like the dude literary scene is basically dead. And it, it sounded very whiny. And he definitely sounded like he was like, nobody's going to read my shit. I'm like the next fucking, you know, James Joyce or something. But because the male literary scene is dead, no one's going to appreciate me. So it's ridiculous in that sense. But he definitely was right about where it was going. Um, so I recommend that. All right. Well, I'll leave. I'll leave. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know you're going to say they don't exist. I don't know if I agree with that, but um, that's a pretty declarative statement. So what do you yeah. think about uh, about uh, Zero HP Lovecraft's, especially his early work? Uh, he's, I yeah, I've, him. yeah, he's great. Absolutely love Zero HP. Um, very thrilled for his success. He, he's... I think, I think he should ease up a little bit and fucking do an interview without the stupid yeah, fucking no, voice distorter, that. dude. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody's trying to fucking talk, <laughs> you goddamn weirdo. So I don't like. I don't need to hear like you're on fucking uh, 2020 in 1989, like talking about yeah. hits you did for the mob yeah. or something to Barbara <laughs> Walters. Like, like at least get uh, get a better voice recorder. My oh friend. my god. What I, you know, I should do, uh, I'm sure he'd be into this. Like I need to start doing interviews as zero HP. Like I'll, if you're listening to this, I'll impersonate you for all these fucking places and I'll do a great job. I'll like binge your books beforehand. I'll pick up all your vocabulary and I'll fucking, you know, I actually told him that he should stop doing that. And that if he doesn't want to use his real voice, he should pay like the nearest black homeless person to do the interview as him. Uh, 
but I, you know, I don't think he's going to take me up on that suggestion. But I mean, maybe I love, you would I be love, the one. Maybe you're I the love guy. His, I love his commitment to the bit, um, and uh, so <laughs> I love and appreciate him. I know that he is reputed to be, uh, you know, to hold some hardcore beliefs. I don't know if that's true or not. Right? I think he probably just has a fucking sense of humor, but. Who cares, man? Uh, you know, he's a good guy. It's, I've I've really enjoyed his work and he's out there doing interesting shit. What more do you need, dude? Well, it's great. I'm glad that uh, you decided you agreed to come on my show because I've kind of had you in my sights since I started it, but we've never really crossed paths before. So it's it's great that. But it was cool that you agreed to come on and we were. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I'm sorry that I had so little time. I just like I run out of gas quickly. And uh, no, I'm I'm to talk too much. Also out of gas and I talk too much. So I'm trying to get better at that. Um, cool, so look, brother. Well, thank you for hooking it up, man. When does this come out? I'll put it out probably this Sunday or close enough. So that's five or six days from now. Sounds good, man. So soon. And uh, Isaac, you got to come back on and we'll talk about your piece in more detail. Anytime, dude. I love talking to you, Astro. I'm uh, always happy. And seriously, open invitation. Anytime you want to record, I'm down. Thank you. Yeah, let's let's just keep let's just keep doing it. And tacos. When is your uh, next book, True Love, coming out? Uh, 2024 at the earliest. All right, and and it's a one novel. It's not a group of short stories, correct? Yeah, it's a big novel. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's too. it's going to be great. Thank you, my friend. All right. All right, man. Thank, thank you for Peace. your time. Bye, everybody. Bye.